Good morning, City Life Church. Good morning, City Lifers, friends, visitors. Thank you so much for being here. Glad that you're here. Glad that you've come to hear about Jesus, to hear about our God. Here at City Life, we try and do three things. Every time we're together, we're trying to worship God. We're trying to get to know Him a little bit better, to like wrestle our hearts to knowing Him, to draw ourselves closer to Him. And then we also do this together. Because we're never called to do this alone, to pursue Him alone, to live alone. But God puts us in this family, in this body, to be His body here on earth together. And so we're so grateful that you're here, that we come here to hear more about Christ every week. uh, So that we can look more like Him, so that we can know Him more, so that we can wrestle more with our faith and even say yes to Him for the first time. And so thank you for being with us. We welcome you here My name is Pedro Reese, and I am the lead pastor here at City Life, and so uh, we're grateful to get to do this week after week, telling anyone who will listen about who Christ is. And today I want to start, and I want to set the stage for what we're talking about today by reading from another portion of Matthew, not our main text for today, but to set the scene up of what we're going to talk about. If you turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 29, Jesus says this about himself when he's telling people to follow him, to believe in him, to go after him. He says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek. Your Bible might say gentle, but for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Today we are back in our Beatitude series and we're talking about our next Beatitude and we are causing ourselves to wrestle with meekness. Jesus himself here says he is meek. This is like it's crazy to even think about the creator of everything, the one who spoke everything into being, the one who made every single thing, the one who is the Lion of Judah also says that he is lowly, he is gentle, he is humble, he is controlled, he is meek. And what does that mean for you and for me? Let me ask a couple of questions here. How many times do we see Christians or followers of Christ uh, celebrated on the news or, or really anywhere outside of the church for being like, wow, this person was so meek? Like, wow, how many times are we highlighted and say, well, man, that person is meek, man. They did a great job. Or better yet, and maybe a little bit more timely, how many times do you go on YouTube or go on the news and you see these videos about these Christians, self-proclaimed Christians who are at these town hall meetings, who are at city, local government meetings, yelling, screaming, berating, cursing, and actually cursing spiritually the people to make these decisions about masks. It's like, how many times, how many videos like this do I have to see? And like, it hurts my heart and my mind to think this is what people think that we are. It's like, no, this has nothing to do with meekness. Like, oh my goodness, you are so deficient in meekness right now. It's like, how many times do we see that instead of someone who is like truly meek and humble and lay themselves down? How many uh, celebrity pastors or, or famous Christians do we, like, are, are highlighted by the world and say, wow, like they did that? And it's incredible because it is otherworldly. It's like different. I would not have even thought to do that based out of meekness. And I know a couple, like I even know a couple of people who have been celebrated for their meekness, but it's not often and far and, and few and far between. How many of us can even define meekness? 
Like it, it's one of those things where we're like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what meekness is. Put it down on a piece of paper. Show it to me. Like text it in the chat right now if, if you're on the chat. Let us know what you think meekness is. How many of us can even define meekness? I think meekness is one of those things that we're all like, yeah, yeah, I think I could do it. And then when we sit to do it, we're like, ooh, actually, where do I start? And yet, meekness finds itself into Jesus' beautiful, multi-layered, beatitude list. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Today, let's give that some time. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts to see, Lord, Lord, what really is meekness in the first place, and why is it blessed? Help me to be more meek. You are meek. You said yourself that you are meek. I want to be more like you. And so teach me what that looks like. And so let's pray. Before we go into the Word, before we dive in, before we ask, like, really dissect what meekness is, to let the Holy Spirit room to work and to influence and to do whatever He's going to do with us this morning. Uh, please uh, bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your goodness and your greatness and your mercy and your gentleness and your meekness today, Lord. Thank you that somehow you created everything. You put everything in its place. You ordained all of time. You have made every person who has ever lived, Lord. And still somehow when you came here, you were meek. The one who did not need to be meek in any way embodied meekness perfectly. What does that mean for us? How do we do that, Lord? Do something powerful in our hearts to make us look more like you today to practice this thing that is otherworldly, outside of nature, meekness, Lord. We don't like it. We don't even appreciate it, Lord. Help us to know what it is. Help us to chase after you, to look more like you and live lives that say, yeah, this person really looks like Christ. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, you are invited into the preaching of your word, to the hearing of your word, and to the implementing of your word. Like, Lord, Holy Spirit, change us today. Make us meek. Allow us to want and pursue meekness every days of our lives so that we mature in this Christian character that you're forming in each and every single one of us. Love you. Lord, you are our meek king on the on the donkey, you are our lamb. And so, let us now teach us intimately what meekness looks like and how to practice it in this life. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today, church, we are going to be reading where we have been reading from Matthew chapter 5, today verses 1 to 5. Let's see what God has to say to us about meekness today. God's word says this, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's jump right on in today talking about meekness. To me, Every time that I've ever dedicated to getting to know what meekness truly is, I leave with the same reaction. I'm like, why is this not more important to us? Like, why is this not celebrated? Why is this not the topic of all of these books? Like, why is this not Vogue? Or why is this not part of, like, pop Christianity? Why is meekness this overlooked stepchild? Like, I I just don't understand. 
I, I don't understand why the Christian world doesn't love, doesn't, isn't attracted to meekness as much as I think we should be. Meekness is so interesting in thought. It's so subversively strong. It's countercultural and even to the point where it's otherworldly. Like we do not know how impactful meekness is. We always associate meekness with weakness, but today I'm here to say that it is the exact opposite. Meekness is not being a pushover. It's not being a person who lays down, and it is not a passive person. And if, when I think about meekness, I think, like, I've been trying to think this week, it's like, oh, Lord, if, if I could, like, personify meekness, if I could embody it in an action, well, what would it be? And over and over and over again, I thought it was like, okay, this teenager with 100% teenage angst, just like really raging, rolling their eyes. That's how I feel like the Christian world and the world outside of Christianity feels about meekness. Like that's their honest opinion about meekness. But meekness is so powerful. It is so otherworldly. It changed, and meekness in Jesus not only changed human history, it changed eternal history. The meekness found in this man's Jesus, in this Savior, changed everything. And I think meekness is this ingredient that we do not talk about enough. Meekness to me is also like when you take one of these personal assessment tests or like a strength test and you, or a spiritual gift test. Like you, you see the, the list of things before, before and you're like, oh, I'm going to try and answer every question so I don't get this one. I do not want one one of these. Like, Jesus, give me any single one of these but this one. And then meekness is the one I was like, like, this is the one I don't want. That's how I feel many of us treat meekness. But like I just said, meekness to me is the most powerful Christian character available. To me, meekness is what changed all of the world. Perfect meekness found in Christ, I think, is the ingredient that just changed everything. And so let's like not just have this meekness be this idea, like what really is it? We need to define this. We need to have this picture of what it is. And the first thing that you do when you start, when the first thing that you realize when you start breaking down meekness is that it is so hard to define. Like, I am, my name is Pedro, and I am originally from Brazil. Portuguese is my first language, even though it might be my worst language. Uh, but I dabble in three languages pretty poorly, right? Portuguese is, oh gosh, it is, is a struggle to me. Uh, English, and I, I speak Spanish, not great, but I, enough to understand what is spoken to me and enough to, like, make my way through it if I have to. And one of the things that you learn when you're like talking in other languages, when you're trying to understand them, is that every language has these words that are just so impossible to define in another language. It's like, yeah, I can even define what this is. Like, yeah, I can even like give you an idea, and I can even write it. Uh, def- if I work on it enough, I can write a definition that makes total sense. But there's like always just this like oomph that is missing. And the Greek word here for meekness. Uh, praus is the same type of word. It's like, uh, it just lacks in every context. In, in Portuguese, we have this word that is used in so many different contexts. It's, this, it's a Portuguese word, saudade. And it means so much. It, it's like, uh, I miss you. And it's also just like this longing and this, like, well, let me read you a definition. This is the paper definition of the word saudade. It's a feeling of longing, melancholy, or nostalgia 
that is supposedly characteristic of the Portuguese or Brazilian temperament. And I read, the, I read the definition and two things happen to me. One is that I'm like, yeah, that works, I guess. It's like, yeah, okay, I understand that. That seems to be appropriate. But then my second reaction is also like, yeah, but that just like seems like fancy words put together that to me can also mean nothing. It's like, what does that really mean? Like, saudade, I get it in Portuguese, but then when I try and explain it to someone else, I'm like, there's just no way. And praus, the Greek word here, is the same way. Praus in the, in the Bible is defined in a different, it's translated in a couple of different ways. The most common being meek, or gentle, or humble, or considerate, or courteous, gentle-spirited, and self-controlled. It's this word, like, it has a lot of words. Like in English, when we use the word love for, to mean anything, or when we use the word awesome to mean all of these things and it becomes meaningless, like praus is this idea, meekness is this idea. And so what, what do we do with it? What does it really mean? What does meekness lived out actually look like? Why was Jesus humble and meek? And this is the idea. This is the idea that I, I firmly believe is behind meekness. Here are a couple of things of what is at the heart of meekness. One, it's controlled power. Meekness uh, isn't weakness. It's the exact opposite of it. It is knowing how strong you are as a person, knowing how strong you are as a follower of Christ, knowing that once you believe in Jesus, that you are saved through and through, and that you are like changed. You are this new creature. We just talked about this in Ephesians. Like You are different no longer to be called a sinner. You sin, but you're a saint now. And so you know that you are this strong being. You like know that you are changed all the way through. But meek people know, sorry, but meek people know their power, but they're primarily concerned with being like Jesus and they follow his lead and they lay themselves down to God and to other people in service. I'll say that again. It's this controlled power. It's that you know that you are powerful, but you lay yourself down to follow God and to serve other people. I read this about meekness. Meekness is powerful personality properly controlled. You can tell a pastor made that, right? With all those P sounds like you, you, you know a pastor made that one up. But it's powerful personality properly controlled. It's the same idea. It's like I, I know like I'm a beast that believing in Jesus, I have every spiritual blessing. I have everything I need. I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. But you know what? That doesn't turn me into a monster. That turns me to become meek. The dean of the seminary, Ron Walborn, he tells this story about one time he was um, meeting this lady who was a believer in Christ. And before she was a believer, she was a witch. And one of her gifts that she had when she was a witch was that she could see people's auras, right? She could see how strong they were, their personality or what they could do in life. And when she started, she first started to see Christians, not knowing they were Christians, and she was totally afraid of them because she could see the power that was on them. She knew that her power was like worthless on these people. But she learned very quickly that she didn't have to be afraid of Christians because they didn't know the power that they were attached to because we have the Holy Spirit. And so meek people are these people who have this accurate picture. It's like, yeah, 
I am powerful. I am a giant. I am not just another person here, but like I am connected to the living God. He's in me. He's my father. I belong to his family. But meekness comes into the equation and says, you know, I'm going to lay myself down for you. I'm going to lay myself down to God. Meekness is also freedom. It's freedom from expectation, from pressure to win, to make sure that you're on the top at all times, that you are highly successful all the time, that you are achieving every single one of your desires and that it's all on your shoulders. The weight of the whole world is on your shoulders. No, meekness steps in and says, you know what? It's not on my shoulders. It's on God's shoulders. My shoulders are weak. I can't do this. Left alone, I'm going to pursue all the wrong things. Like when I like am properly controlled, when I know that I am uh, this beast, but I say, you know what, God, like I want to follow your example and lay myself down and control myself, then I'm free, free from the pressure of life, of my desires to say like, God, what do you really want me to be like? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? Like, Lord, help me. You made me. And then also... Meekness, true meekness is this trust. This trust that you belong to your heavenly Father who is able to do far more abundantly than you could have ever imagined in this life. And so, like when I trust the Lord, all the outcomes of my life is like, Lord, it's in your hands. And so what happens to me is in your hands. Lord, don't let the enemy win. Don't let people win. Don't let me win. Like, Lord, I want you to win out in my life. And so I'm going to trust you for the outcomes of everything. It's like this isn't a meritocracy, right? Everything that happens in my life isn't because I worked so hard for it. It isn't because I'm so blessed. Like, no, Lord, I want it to be because you have brought things into my life. You have taken things out of my life. And so I lay myself down. I control myself to chase after what you have for me. I read this definition of meekness towards, directed towards God. And I really liked it. It says the disp- that meekness is the disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good. And therefore, without disputing or resisting, God is our defense and our strength. If there is something going on, it's because God has allowed it to. It's like this trust in this Lord who can bring every good thing to me in my life and ask for me to give up everything that I should be giving up. I started the sermon talking about anti-maskers, like, and specifically Christians. Like, I'm watching these videos, and I make myself watch these videos because like, I want to have this grasp of what this looks like, how these people are deficient in the character of meekness. And I hear them talking about, this is my God-given right, which, by the way, is nowhere in Scripture. Like, give me a break. You're, you're just wanting what you want right now has nothing to do with the Christian faith not breathing through a mask. You're lazy and not considerate and not compassionate. And I just think of like, even if they were rightfully claiming something that was like a real right of ours in God, it's like meekness comes in and says, you know what? If this is a good thing, if this will preserve life, if this may save my life, but may also save the lives of many people around me or people who I will never meet but come into contact with through other people, like, then I'll do it. Meekness comes in. I'll lay down this right, even if it's a good right. I'll lay it down to serve you. I'll lay it down to show people that God is this God of compassion. 
this movement of anti-masking, the people who go to these meetings and shout and scream and berate elected officials. It hurts my heart, and it's a clear evidence that Christians aren't perfect in meekness. But we need to understand this and start practicing and living it out. Now let's talk about how becoming meek, developing this characteristic in the Christian heart, turns into the fact of how we are people who can't be stolen from. And so if meekness is this super sober, accurate view of oneself, and it's also built on the Beatitudes we've talked about already, like first, if I know that I am poor in spirit, and I am just utterly aware of that, that I am broken, that the human condition is incomplete. Like we've tried to replace God in everything that we do. We replace God and we keep him at arm's distance. But the best thing that we could ever need is like to have God with us and in us and changing us completely. If I know that I'm poor in spirit, that causes me to rightfully mourn. It's like, oh, I've hurt so many people. I've hurt myself so many times. I miss the mark all the time. Every day I sin. Every day I fall short. Every day my life relies on God's grace and mercy. Every moment is a, a merciful act of the Lord to let me be here. And then I, on top of that, then meekness comes in and says, you know, I am a worm. I am a worm. But God loves me. He speaks identity over me. He speaks value over me. He speaks love over me. And it causes me to trust Him with the outcomes of my whole life, for me to lay things down intentionally to serve Him and to serve other people. And then if that's true, then nothing can ever be taken from me. Then a true Christian follower can never be stolen from. Meekness, again, is this subversive, countercultural aspect of God's kingdom that marks the life of a believer because it's like, okay, I know who I am. I'm poor in spirit and I mourn and I'm caused to look like Jesus who was meek. And so I lay myself down. I put my rights down. Like, Lord, whatever you want and whatever you're asking from me, whatever people steal from me, if I like know that it is not just and not right, Lord, I trust you for the outcome. And so, Lord, whatever is taken from me, was in your purview. You will give it back to me or I didn't need it in the first place. Lord, I trust you to give this back to me. I trust your justice, right? He's still a God of justice and righteousness. But meekness is this powerful, controlled personality to say, Lord, if this was meant for me, I will get it back, redeemed and better. And if it wasn't meant for me, then I lay it down at your feet. Then I say to myself, I don't need this. Or God took it from me for a reason. Or I was, I was being asked to give it up. And Christians turn into these people that cannot be stolen from. I lay down my rights whenever I am caused to. I lay down this like false right of breathing, not breathing through a mask because it will save lives. I'll put it down, Lord, and I'll give it to you because it will help other people. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a pastor, one of the more famous pastors from the last century, if not the most, he wrote this. Meekness is essentially a true view of oneself, expressing itself in attitude and conduct with respect to others. The man who is truly meek is the one who is truly amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. 
I love how meekness is still, it's like rooted in this, I know who I am, I'm a worm, and yet I have value because God looks at me. He speaks value and love and truth over me. He, he, he speaks acceptance over me. And then along the process, as I, might, as I mature and dive deeper into faith in Him, He's like, then I lay down things for you. And I like this very much. Growing up, I had this voice, uh, not a voice, I had this sentiment in my heart all the time that I carried that was super unhealthy. It might have been demonic, but even if it was just emotional, I carried it for a long time and it did not serve me well. Whenever I really wanted something or I wanted to chase something, I would get this thought. I would be saying to me, it's like, who are you to want this? Who are you to think that this is good for you? Like, who are you to want to look nice? Who are you to want to have nice things? I remember one time, I was like, I really wanted this watch. And I made myself not buy it because I bought into this voice and said, who are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm nobody. Like, I know I'm, I know I'm nobody. And, and to me, that was disguised as meekness. But I was like, no, it was really unhealthy because you know what? I am a child of God. I am somebody because I'm loved by God. Like, I, every single person has value because they carry God's image. Every single person is valuable and worthy because God says that they are. I, I like always told myself that that was meek, like, okay, I won't look nice or I won't get nice things, but I'm like, but God to me, it matured this and say like, yeah, you know what? I am nobody, but God loves me. And so I'm somebody. And I lay myself down when God tells me to lay myself down. And I also pick myself up when he's not telling me to lay something down. People who believe in Christ and who are maturing in their faith cannot be stolen from because we will lay down anything we are told to and we'll also pick things up and fight for things when we are told to do that as well. And so let's talk about how all both of these things come together and talk about inheriting the earth. I am also very fascinated about this beatitude, not just because of meekness, but because of the promise that comes with it. As we've seen every week, each beatitude, each statement of bless is you are blessed with X when, and you will gain this. So far, the poor in spirit have gained the kingdom of heaven. Like, incredible, what a promise. And then last week, those who mourn, they're promised to be comforted. Wow, yeah, like, God, I want to be comforted directly by you. Yeah, I'll sign up for that immediately. And this, this week's one, bless are the meek, for they shall inherit the world to us seems like the most backwards thing. It's the most counterintuitive thing that we could ever imagine. It's the exact opposite. And it also opposes every single one of our fears. When I was praying about this text and I was going through like reading and just thinking and dreaming and planning with the Lord, I'm like, Lord, how can I stand up here and say this? Because I know the doubts that everyone will have when we talk about meekness. I know all of the fears because I feel all of these fears. Like, Lord, I don't want to be this, I don't want to be a doormat. Like, Lord, I, I don't believe that you've called me, you saved me just to be a doormat in this world. And this promise to inherit the whole earth shatters every fear that we might have. It's like I, I can hear and feel every pushback that every single one of you are thinking. I might not say all of them right now, but like, I get it. I know, I understand. Sometimes I'm afraid of them too. It's like, but Lord, what if you ask me to give up my job or a promotion or a company? 
that I work for? Like, Lord, what if you ask me to give up my career? What if you ask me to give up my time? Here, at speaking specific, specifically to city life, we have shown that we'll give money. When we ask for time, it's a little harder. It's a little more sensitive. So it has to be communicated right. Like, oh, Lord, what if you're asking for more time? How would that get in the way of my job or the things that I want to do? Like, Lord, what if you ask for me to give up my family? What if you ask for me to give up my dog? What if you ask for me to give up my friends or my parents? What if you ask for me to give up my culture or my language? What if you ask for me to give up comfort? What if you ask for me to give up my zip code? What if I'm not even living in the right place? What if I have to go live somewhere I don't want to? Or ultimately, what if you ask for my life? What if you put me in a dangerous position? What if like telling people about Jesus will actually put me in danger? These are good questions for us to ask. These are important questions for us to know if we want to mature in our faith. To say it in a different way, here's a a phrase that I've learned since the pandemic that I uh, despise. Like, I really don't like this, uh, this phrase. It's like, what if the cure is worse than the disease? Like, what if I'm just okay being where I'm at? What if I have these areas in my life where I'm like, God, you're asking me this, and my answer is no. It's going to be no. It's been no for years. It won't change. I'm not going to budge on this one. Like, Start talking somewhere else because I'm not giving this one up. What if that's like our honest response? And what if some of us are saying that without even really acknowledging it? And I know we're, these are good questions to ask, and we're all on a journey of faith, right? You will never be perfect. You will never be perfect on this side of eternity. You, you really won't be whole. All of us will fall short of God's glory. Every single one of us. Every single one of us lives and needs God's mercy and His grace. But we might find that there are areas in our lives where we say, God, no, you're not allowed here. And I think meekness is one of the foreground areas that we do this in. It's like, God, I won't give this up. I want to be strong. I, I, I would rather just keep the strength that you've given me. I don't want to lay anything down. I don't want to give up anything. I want you to add to my life, not take away from it. I don't want to have to be, I'm not going to be called to be silent, not curse someone out, not fight back. I don't, I'm more concerned with your justice only and not with meekness. So these are good questions for us to ask because we have to know where we're at. You should know the areas of your life where you're like, God, no, stay out of here. And meekness highlights many of them. And at some point, no one really knows but God where that point is. At some point, we're going to find that we were lukewarm if we're not willing to say yes, to say, God, this is hard, but I'll trust you. Like, I'll let that go, even though I don't want to. Even though that's the last thing I want to do. We might find that we are lukewarm and saying, God, 
I don't want to be more developed. I'm okay with, with where I'm at. Like I, I'm intentionally going to stunt my growth. I'm intentionally not going to be more Christ-like in my life in this area. Like stay away from here. And meekness points that out. Like, Lord, I trust you. Everything I've gotten, you've given to me. And this, this promise for the whole earth jumps in the face at all of our fears. Because think about this with me. Let's brainstorm a little bit. If you think about who wins, it's not the meek. We don't say the meek are successful. We don't say the meek are the ones who are winning all the time. In war or in anything, like the passive pushover ones, they don't win. They're not remembered. But to God in His kingdom, the strongest ones who are meek, who lay themselves down, who sacrifice and give up for God, who, like Jesus, say, you know what, I can do anything that I want, but I won't because I want to do what God has asked me to do. Those are the people who inherit all of this. And doesn't that speak to our fears? Say, like, Lord, I don't always have to win. Or, like, Lord, what I think is winning all the time, it's not. Because I can give things away, and you're going to give me the whole world. You're going to give me back something better than I ever imagined. It might not be what I imagined. It might be completely different. But I'm going to get the whole world. And that's not the motive of why we do it, right? But that's the promise. That there will be never anything that we give up that we won't receive back better or something completely different that God really had for us. If we live our lives to look like Jesus, to be more meek, to control our power, our personality, and to say, God, I trust you. Ask me to give things up. I'll give up anything for you. He won't ask us to give up the wrong things. He won't ask us to give up the things that he's given us, the things that he has meant for us. But the things that we are, we'll give up and we get back the whole world. So let's conclude this a little bit. Let's bring this all together. Let's bring it home. So we're going a little long. I've already gone longer than I wanted to, expected to. But let's start where we started today. Matthew 11, verse 29. Jesus says about himself, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your, for your souls. Jesus calls his believers to deeply know and be characterized by meekness, like he was. To say to, the, to God, it's like, God, I trust you. I know how strong I am. You tell me what to give up, and I'll give it up. I'll lay down this part, knowing that you will see to the results. You will still see to your justice and your righteousness, and you'll give me back what I really need. You'll give me back something way better than I was holding on to. Lord, I trust you for the outcomes of my life. I trust you for my character. I trust that ultimately I'll be victorious with you and that you can define what really is victorious. Meekness is hard. It's, to me, again, the most powerful character quality that we can have because it says no to everything that we've ever bought into and everything that the world believes in everything that comes naturally for us to believe in and it says you know i trust god more i trust god above that 
He'll give me what I really need. He'll give me back what's important. And somehow his justice will fill the rest. And so City Life Church and visitors, God calls us to be known as meek people, to really practice that and mature in it and fall deeper into it, to be more meek tomorrow than we were today and a year from now than we are right now, and to be maturing in our faith and our character of meekness. Uh, Lord, I am so poor in spirit. It causes me to mourn. And the result of that is for me to make myself more meek, to love myself and give up the things that you're asking me to. And so Jesus teaches how to do that, be compassionate, be gentle, uh, but we will follow and we will be people who say, yeah, like, Lord, make me meek, help me be meek. And so City Life, visitors, we love you. We'll see each other soon. Uh, we'll see each other next Sunday and in our missional communities and our prayer calls that are still going on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And uh, we will continue to be a church that pursues all of the Beatitudes because we want to be blessed and we want God to tell us what is truly blessed. And so we love you and we'll see you soon. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye.